you know this about me. Um, I love sports. I love sports. I love, in fact, the only thing I watch on TV now anymore is sports. That's all I can, uh, I, I don't have time to get involved in a show and to invest my life into characters in a show, but I can sit down and watch a baseball game or a basketball game like college basketball. How many of you watched college basketball yesterday? Anybody? Very exciting stuff. Um, a couple real close games. Very exciting. Uh, I can watch football. Love to watch football. Any football fans in the house today? Love the football. Go Pack Go. Um, I have a... Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, bless you. Um, but uh, I, uh, um, I love hockey. Any hockey fans? Oh, Hawks. Go Hawks, right? And, uh, so I, and, and I've been to a lot of different sporting events. I have been to the hollowed grounds of Lambeau Field to watch my Packers lose that day. Uh, let me tell you, the worst thing about going to a live sporting event is there's a 50-50 chance, and sometimes even greater than 50% chance that you're going to walk away disappointed. You're going to spend hundreds of dollars to go to this game, and your team is going to let you down more, more than likely than not, especially if you go to White Sox Park. I mean, I'm a huge Sox fan, and they just, have you heard the joke that when I die, I want the, the White Sox to be my ball pa- pallbearers so they can let me down one more time? So, oh, uh, uh, yeah. And I love my White Sox. I mean, especially because, you know, we won the World Series first. Anyway, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been to Notre Dame. I love to go to Notre Dame. Love to spend a Saturday afternoon in the fall at Notre Dame watching the Irish play. I've uh, been to several Blackhawks games, some professional basketball games. I love going to see live sports. And here's something that, I, that has never happened. I've, I've never noticed. I've never seen this happen before. And that is I've never seen them call somebody out of the stands to come in and play the game. Anybody ever see that? No, right? That never happens, except it did happen once. Let me tell you a story about a guy named Malcolm Perry. Malcolm Perry was the third string quarterback for Naval, for the Naval Academy last year. And uh, they're playing uh, uh, Fordham, uh, Furman, they're playing Furman. And uh, they're up by five touchdowns at halftime. Well, it turns out the starting quarterback injured himself. He was on crutches at halftime. Starting quarterback gets injured. And they decide they're going to preserve the, the second-string quarterback, keep him healthy because they're up by five touchdowns. And what they did, well, Malcolm Perry was sick. And so he was in his dress whites in the, in the, in the crowd. And they, there's two third-string quarterbacks. So they're not going to play the other guy. So they call him out of the stands at halftime and tell him, get dressed, you're going in the game. Could you imagine? And could you imagine, like, if, imagine, okay, for Cubs fans. All right, uh, 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 all right. Cubs fans, could you imagine last fall, it's October, it's a game at Wrigley Field, it's, the, it's extra innings, it's the bottom of the, of the last inning, uh, and the score is tied, the bases are loaded, the, the manager, Joe Madden, has exhausted all of his players, he needs a pinch hitter, and he goes up to the home plate umpire and says, we're going to put a, a pinch hitter in the game, and then he points to the stands and he points at you. He says, get down here, and you, you go on, you put that ugly blue uniform on. You, you, you step out of the dugout, and you're, you're, you got butterflies as big as robins in your stomach. What am I doing out here, right? You take a few swings with the, the bat, and you step up to plate, and you call your shot. And sure enough, strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. The game is over. You lose the game, and uh, you're the next Steve Bartman. So... Um, <laughs> 
No, you do what any rational human being would do, and you step in front of the first fastball and drive in that winning run. It's going to hurt for a while, but you are a legend. You have changed the world for Cubs fans as you win the World Series, right? I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, here's the thing, folks, is we have a chance. We have an opportunity to change the world. I believe that. Bill Hybels, pastor of Willow Creek Church, said that the local church is the hope of the world. It's because the local church knows Jesus. And we have an opportunity to share the hope of Jesus Christ with everyone we come into contact with. And we can do it here in Northwest Indiana. GFCC is the hope of Northwest Indiana. Because we know Jesus. And Jesus Christ gives hope. And people need hope. But it, it requires us to do something. And we can't just open the doors every week and expect people to, to just kind of flock to the place and, and, and not be ready for them. We've got to be ready for people. It means we need to serve. It means we need to get involved. We need to do something. And it's not good enough to just say, you know, well, somebody else will do it or somebody, somebody else's job. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how everybody needs to pitch in. Everybody does. You may be thinking, well, I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't know where my place is yet. We're going to find you a place. Because everybody needs to pitch in. If we're going to change the world, everybody's got to get involved. And I mean everybody. So we're going to talk about that today as we finish up our series called The Journey. And we've been going through the book of Exodus, looking at different selections from the book of Exodus and how the journey of the Israelites from the uh, slavery in Egypt to the promised land, kind of mirrors our own journey of faith. And I believe that everybody is on a journey of faith. I think we're all on a journey of faith, even people who say they don't have any faith. It takes a lot of faith to say you don't have any faith. But I believe we're all on this journey of faith. And I think it's important that we help other people on their journey of faith as a church. Because that's what our purpose is here. Our purpose at GFCC is helping people follow Jesus. That's what we want to do is we want to help people know him, get to know him. We want to introduce people to Jesus and then help them follow him better. And that means looking more like Jesus. And the way that we look more like Jesus is that we love, serve, and forgive other people. That's what I believe it means to be a Christian. That's what I mean. I think it means to, to look like Jesus means that we love, serve, and forgive others. And we're going to focus on the serving aspect of that today. So we're going to talk about how we can serve Jesus by serving others today here at GFCC. And so I want you to grab your Bible. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 35. It's on page 66 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. If you didn't bring a, a Bible, you can grab one on the chair in front of you. It looks like this. It's on page 66 of that Bible. Exodus 35 is where we are today. And we're going to talk about how everybody pitches in. And, and in those days, back in, in the wilderness, God commanded Moses to build a, a temporary, a kind of a, a temporary portable worship center called the Tabernacle. And this was going to eventually turn into the temple in Jerusalem. But while the people were wandering in the, in the wilderness, they needed a place to worship God. And so they built this tabernacle and God gave Moses specific instructions on how to build this tabernacle and what they were supposed to do and so Moses is here in 35 and 36 chapters 35 and 36 is telling the people what they need to do in order to build this tabernacle okay so uh, look at uh, verse 4 
Exodus 35, verse 4. He, in verses 1 through 3, he gives uh, the uh, instructions for the Sabbath and how the people are to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy and how they need to uh, worship God on the Sabbath. And this is where they're going to worship is in the tabernacle. Look at verse uh, 4. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing, that's important, everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent and its covering clasps frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the ark with its poles and the atonement cover and the curtain that shields it, the table with its poles and all its articles and the bread of the presence, the lampstand that is for light with its accessories, lamps and oils for, and oil for the light, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the curtain for the doorway at the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the bronze basin with its stand, the curtain of the curtains of the courtyard with its posts and bases and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard and their ropes, the woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests. So you got Moses giving them specific instructions about these are the items that we need and everyone who is willing is to donate, is to contribute to this venture. Everyone is to, who is willing is to contribute to this endeavor. Now, that key word there is willing. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. So, Moses is commanding the people what to give and how to give it. And the thing is, is that building God's house, building this temporary worship center, this portable worship center, had to be done with excellence and it had to be done right. We're talking about the worship of God, Almighty God. And it had to have been done the right way and with excellence. Okay? Let's keep, let's keep going. Verse 20. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved him came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Now, a wave offering is just a special offering. Uh, it changed a little bit uh, when they uh, built the tabernacle. It was a way of, uh, they would wave uh, sheaves of grain uh, when they were giving this offering to the Lord. But just know that a wave offering is a special offering. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet linen, yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ramskins dyed red, or hides of sea cows brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord, and everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn or fine linen, and all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense." All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. 
Notice, everyone is pitching in. Men, women, leaders. This is a good thing for us to do and for us to notice that all of us here are important. All of us need to pitch in. Men, women, leaders, elders, deacons, ministry leaders. Everyone needs to pitch in. But you've got to be willing. It comes down to the heart. We'll get to that in just a minute. All right, keep going. Verse 30 through chapter 36, verse 2. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, and the son, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has skilled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahishmach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them master craftsmen and designers. So Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and the ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Ahaliab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability who was willing to come and do the work. So not only are they pitching in with their resources and their treasures, but they're also pitching in with their talents. You've got these two guys specially chosen uh, to do this work, but not just them alone. They were to teach others. They were to equip others to do the work as well. So it tells me that leaders in the church today need to be willing to teach others how to do ministry and to equip people to do ministry. And I'll be honest, we don't do a very good job of this here at GFCC. It's something we've got to improve on, is equipping other people to do the work of ministry. That way people don't get burned out. That way people don't feel like they're the only ones doing everything. Where you know, You've heard the phrase 80, uh, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It doesn't need to be that way. And we're burning out our volunteers, and it shouldn't be that way. We need to equip people to get involved and create ministry opportunities for people to get involved in the life of the church. Let's keep going. Let's finish it up. Verse 3. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary, and the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left their work and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because they, what they had, already had was more than enough to do all the work. Could you imagine? Sean gets up to do an offering meditation and says, Guess what, guys? We're not taking up an offering today. You've been so generous this year that we don't need to take up an offering this week. That's not going to happen. So um, <laughs> there's always more work to be done, folks. But in, in all seriousness, the, the people of Israel were so generous. They were so willing. They were so moved in their hearts that they gave so much that they had more than they needed. And so they stopped them from giving to this work. There was still work to be done, and they had to get involved and, and do the actual work itself. But when it came to giving, the people were so generous that they didn't need any more. So I got some questions for you. I got some questions I want to ask you here. When it comes to giving, when it comes to giving to God's work, when it comes to giving, I believe that giving is more than just a matter of the checkbook more than just a matter of the bank account, more than just a matter of, of 
putting a few bucks in the offering plate. I think there's three things, three ways that we need to give to the Lord. And we've talked about these before. We've talked about giving our time, our talent, and our treasure. And, and I think that it's important that we keep all three of those in perspective. That it's more than just giving of our treasure, but it's giving our time and our talent as well. Allowing God to use us. Now, in the New Testament, Paul wrote these words to the Corinthians. He said this. He said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Now, he's talking about specifically about monetary gifts. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. This goes back to that concept in the Old Testament in Exodus 35. Where the, if you are willing to give an offering, bring it to the Lord. And I think the same thing applies to us today. If you are willing to give an offering, bring it to the Lord. If you are willing to serve, bring it to the Lord. If you are willing to invest your time, bring it to the Lord. Give to the Lord generously and cheerfully and willingly. So like I said, I got some questions for you. I wanna, I wanna, uh, these are rhetorical questions. You don't have to answer them out loud. It might get loud in here. but So here's my first question. Is what can you give willingly and cheerfully? What can you give willingly and cheerfully? What are you willing to give? And that may be, that may be a tithe. It may be a, a more than a tithe. It may be a, a, an offering. Uh, it may be uh, your time. Uh, it may be investing your time in a ministry. And how can you give it cheerfully? I think that the key to giving cheerfully is to realize how much you've received. I believe that thankful people are generous people. And thankful people are faithful people. Thankful people are generous people. And thankful people are faithful people. We've got to be thankful to God for what he's done. If you're holding on to your time, talent, or treasure with a clenched fist, then you don't realize who it came from. You need to be thankful to God for the gifts that he's given to you. You've got to be thankful to God to what he's blessed you with. I mean, what has God done for you? What has Jesus done for you? Oh, I don't know. Died on the cross for your sins? Can you be thankful enough for that? I mean, you can't repay him for that. You can't possibly repay him for that, but you can be thankful. And thankful people are generous people. And thankful people are faithful people. Thankful people give. And so, I want to encourage you today to be thankful for what Jesus did for you. And when you put your faith and trust in him and he saved you by God's grace through faith in Christ, be thankful for that. And let that gratitude overflow into generosity. Another question I have is for you is, what are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? Because it's not just a matter, I mean, you can, you can give begrudgingly. You can give an offering through clenched teeth. I'll give, I guess I have to. Or you can give with hopes of getting something in return. 
But that's not a willing, cheerful gift. What are you willing to give to the one who gave everything for you? What are you willing to give? Next question I have for you is, what aren't you willing to give? Because it's one thing to say, oh, I'll, I'll give this, I'll give that. But what aren't you willing to give up? What are you holding on so tightly to? Is it your money? Is it your time? What are you doing with your 168 hours a week? You get 168 hours every week. What are you doing with that? How are you investing your time in the kingdom of God? How are you investing your time in helping people follow Jesus? 168 hours. See, we'll talk about tithing our income. Talk about giving 10% of our income. Are, would you be willing to give up 10% of your time for Jesus? Oh, wait a minute. Wait, uh, 168 hours, 16.8 hours. That's a lot of time. 16.8 hours, that's like two and a half hours a day. Okay, I got Sunday covered. Because <laughs> I got to get up, you know, and I'm on the clock when I wake up on a Sunday morning. That's, I mean, that's, my feet hit the ground. I mean, okay, we're, we're in church mode. You know, drinking my coffee, reading my paper, yelling at my kids. Still in church mode. Until I hit the restaurant. And then if I ask somebody to go to church with me, if I ask somebody to go out to lunch with me after church, well, that kind of counts because now we're fellowshipping. So I've got probably four or five hours invested in a Sunday. That means I only got another 12 over the next six days. That's two, two hours a day. Here's my question. How much time do you waste? Anybody waste two hours a day? Oh, you, that was, again, rhetorical questions. <laughs> waste two hours a day. Click, 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 click. Scroll, 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 scroll. Flip, 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 flip. How much time do we waste on Facebook in a day? That you could be investing that time in the kingdom. You could be investing that time in prayer. You could be investing that time in reading your Bible. You could be investing that time in just calling sick people and saying, how you doing? I didn't see you at church last Sunday. How are you doing? You Okay. You'd be investing that time in a Bible study, leading a Bible study, facilitating a Bible study, hosting a Bible study. What are you doing with your time? Flip, flip, flip. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Click, click, click. Man, there's nothing on. Why do I pay $110 a month? Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> How much time do we waste? So what are you willing to give? Willing to give. What aren't you willing to give? And then here's my question. Is, next question is, why aren't you willing to give? Again, God hasn't done enough for you. God hasn't given you everything you've got. God hasn't given you salvation. Why aren't you willing to give up? A couple hours on a week, a couple hours a day. Why aren't you willing to give up an extra few dollars for the offering? There's serious stuff on the line here, folks. There, I mean, there are people who aren't going to heaven because they don't know Jesus. 
And if we don't tell them, if we don't invest our lives as Christians and as followers of Jesus and as a church, if we don't invest in the kingdom, the only thing that lasts forever is the kingdom. Long after we're gone and walking down streets of gold, the kingdom will still be going on. Invest your life, invest your time, invest your talent, invest your treasure in the kingdom of God so that people can hear the good news and they can turn to him for salvation and they'll believe and repent and confess, get baptized and follow Jesus and surrender their lives to him so they can spend eternity with him. That's what this whole thing is about. It's not just something to do on a Sunday morning. You want something to do? Go golf. Please don't go golf. <laughs> Horrible game. My next question, are you willing to give your treasure? Are you willing to give your treasure, the blessings that you've received, are you willing to give those back? Are you willing to give your talents? How can God use the abilities and talents that he's blessed you with, that he's given to you to further his kingdom? Are you willing to give your time? Because that's what this is all about. Are you willing to invest in something that lasts forever? All right, I need two volunteers. He's coming off the stage. Jim, I need one more volunteer. Kevin, thank you. I want everybody to get one of these. Now, again, this whole thing, this whole concept is being willing, okay? And so this is a little card that I want you to fill out if you're willing. And I want you to put it in this box as we sing our invitation response song in just a few moments. And, and this says, I want to get in the game. I want to get in the game. And I want to invest my time, my talent, my treasure. And there are four, uh, five opportunities for you to serve that you can fill out on this card. Where do you want to serve? We have opportunities in children's ministry. We started a brand new electronic check-in system today. We need people to help monitor our security table. Each service. And we're going to have two of them because we're going to have one for the upstairs too in a couple weeks. We want to increase the security and safety of our children. So if you're willing to serve in children's ministry, check that one off. Our worship ministry. See Jeff. If you've got a talent for, for doing tech or a talent for playing guitar or a talent for singing, see Jeff. Click, check off there. I want to serve in worship ministry. And again, it's not just playing instruments and singing, but there's also behind-the-scenes work that needs to be done, Jeff will put you to work. Maybe a hospitality or first impressions ministry. This is a new ministry that we're going to get started because we've got to do a better job of greeting people and, and, and focusing on our first-time guests and giving off a good first impression. We do a pretty good job, but we need to do a better job. We've got to get organized in our first impressions ministry. So if you're interested in helping us get that off the ground and get that going, check off hospitality. Or discipleship ministry, if you're willing to host a Bible study or to facilitate a Bible study and you want to help out with that, check that off. And then put your name and your phone number on this card and you will be contacted by the leadership of our church. That is a promise I'm making today because we've tried this before and it's fallen through and we're not letting that happen. If you want to get involved, if you are willing to get involved, if you are willing to serve, if you are willing to give of your time, talent, and treasure, if you are willing then we're going to put you to work because it's important. 
What we are doing is so vitally important to the future of people who don't know Jesus. So we're going to sing this song in just a second. And as we're singing, we want to invite you to just come up and drop your card in this box. If you've made the decision that you want to get involved, that you want to get in the game, we encourage you, come, drop your card in the box as we sing. Let's stand together, let's pray, and then we'll sing. Father God, help us to be willing, willing to give, willing to serve. Challenge us today, O oh Lord, to get in the game. Because Father, Sitting in the stands is boring compared to getting in the game. So we want to get in the game today. We want to get involved. Give us willing hearts. Move our hearts today to be thankful and cheerful givers. Thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this place. Pray that you put a special blessing on their lives today. We ask these things. We pray them all in the name of Jesus and all the people said, amen.